On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we've reached that time of the year. It is the most bitter, sweet day of the entire football calendar. I'm talking Super Bowl. We've got the 49ers and the Chiefs. Two teams that I don't think anyone thought was going to be here, especially not the 49ers, but we are welcoming on our very own insider Coulter, and we're talking prop bets. Unfortunately, the model couldn't join us tonight because he has a lot of insights on these bets that he would drop on us, but Coulter and I are holding down the fort. We're talking how to play props like a roulette wheel, and then we're going to jump into the game. So we've got some odds on first half unders, Jimmy G completions, and then we're going to talk about the standings of the man versus model challenge is key pick Kazley going to return or is it going to be a soft ending for him well tune in to see who we like who we're going to pick and what props you should bet this is episode 67 of double down trend Double down trick, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. Tonight, we have a very special episode. It is the Super Bowl episode. Cue the Ace Ventura soundbite. Waiting for the perfect time to get back at the Dolphins, the time when it would hurt them the most. Super Bowl time. And I'm welcoming back onto our show our very own NFL insider, Coulter. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I'm pretty excited about the Super Bowl. Uh, it's always a fun time of year to bet on. I mean, you'll see more props in this one game uh, you know, than you see most weekends. There's so many odd little items where you're cross-sport betting and you're betting on the national anthem. I'm sure we'll get to it, but it's a lot of fun. This is like the Kentucky Derby. There's a few weekends like this that stand out from a betting perspective where it's just like it's a you know time a time uh, tradition of time. You know, it's passed down to us from our grandfathers. The Super yeah, Bowl. Nothing, it's nothing better. Definitely the best gambling day of the year. I'm in so many different things this year. I'm in a box pool. I'm in the props. I got straight up bets going. I mean, it just feels great. Yeah, there's just nothing like it from a gambling standpoint. Yeah, I, I referenced the Kentucky Derby. Not even that can. There's just nothing that compares to the Super Bowl. There's so many the, the boxes, the, the spread, the props. There's there's everything. I actually uh, didn't bring this up to you when we were doing our little pre-show planning, but there is a uh, sports book that is taking bets as if they were doing a Super Bowl box, and each number has certain odds. So oh, wow. like if if you run like nine and like you know three or something, your odds are much higher than if you got like seven and one or four, yeah. those kind of things. So that was pretty intriguing. I'm not going to lie. I may be creating an account on that sports book and just seeing what happens <laughs> <laughs> and roll the dice. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, there's so many fun ways to bet this game. If you don't have a, if you don't have a, like a team, I've heard this from a lot of uh, guys who I've listened to this week. They don't really have a side to pick. So sometimes it's just playing those fun little boxes and, and rooting for that. I mean, that keeps you engaged. Right? Yeah. And that's a perfect segue because before we get to the Super Bowl, we just have to show how far of a gap there is between the teams in the Super Bowl and our team. So do you want to start with your Denver Broncos or should we jump into my New York Giants? 
Well, basically, they're 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 doing the same act, just in a different city. It's like the same play, but with different actors. Uh, the Broncos are retread city out in, in the Mile High. I do not know what we're doing hiring Pat Shermer. Uh, you know, he replaces the offensive coordinator. There's going to be no continuity for Drew Locke, which is concerning. It's concerning to have Pat Shermer. He's been very unsuccessful recently, especially with quarterbacks. He's going to be controlling the offense. The offense is definitely the part of the Broncos that needs to be developed um, most importantly. And he couldn't even do anything we've talked about on this pod. He couldn't do anything with friggin' Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and all those talented receivers uh, in New York. And we expect him to do better with Philip Lindsay. And we also hired, uh, what was it, the quarterback coach from yeah. the Giants? Too. Mike Shula. Mike Shula. Yeah, these guys have had bad track records over the last 10 years. I'm tired of coaches with bad, bad track records in Denver. That's, you know, Vic Vangio came in with a blank slate and he did pretty well in year one, even though I gave him a hard time during the year, but man, yeah, I don't like where we're, what we're doing. And, and you guys are just kind of, you're doing the reprise of what we're doing. You're bringing in the old coaches on a national scale, kind of embarrassing yourself. If, if that makes sense with the Jason Garrett and is Freddie kitchens hired. Is that yep. right? He is hired. Freddie is going to be coaching. The, oh yeah. He's going to be coaching the tight ends. They, uh, so Joe Judge and Freddie Kitchens have a relationship going back to Mississippi State, so that's kind of how they got tied together. But we now have be, hired. You got to be worried about that connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got Freddie and Garrett on the staff, and you know, to me, when when I first heard this news, I thought it was good to have some coaching experience that has some head coaching background. I was fine with Garrett. I think, all right, maybe you know, Garrett can turn it around. He can go back to his ways. But when you get Garrett and Kitchens and you've got two failed head coaches, you start to get a little nervous. And that's where I'm at. But the biggest thing to me, I read this uh, article earlier today that the two teams in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the 49ers, are two of the most analytically driven teams in the NFL. Right. And I don't think it's a coincidence that they're in the Super Bowl. And then you compare it with Dave Gettleman and the Giants. I'm not as familiar with what's going on in Denver. You, you probably are. But you've got these guys that just seem like they're making old school football decisions and they're just getting leaped and, you know, lapped when it comes to these other organizations and how they run their front office and their coaching staff. Yeah, to transition it back over to the Super Bowl, we are just miles apart from these teams. I mean, you look at a Kyle Shanahan, this is a guy the Broncos could have hired. He's an innovative coach. Pat Shermer is not going to do anything innovative on that side of the football. And that really scares me. Uh, if, if Drew Locke takes a step back, is there anybody else to blame? All right. At least yeah. we were trying to be creative this year, uh, with rich, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name. It's like schedule, Uh, maybe you can edit that out, but our offensive coordinator, I think was an innovator, at least was trying to do some, some new things. The stats were not great inside the five yard line. And that's why I think he got fired, but man, I don't know. I hire, hiring Pat Shermer. This is like the opposite of what the chiefs or Niners would do. And, and this is why we are not playing in the Super Bowl. That's the best yeah. way I can summarize. <laughs> yep. So looking at the Super Bowl here, we're uh, we're not going to dive uh, and, and analyze the championship games too much. It's been about two weeks almost. You guys know what happened. Uh, a few minor takeaways. I did think the Titans-Chiefs game got interesting for like a few minutes. The Titans were up 10 nothing, And you were wondering – can the chiefs do it in back-to-back weeks? And they sure as shit showed up and they did it again. They came storming back, scored 35 points in basically three quarters. Yeah. The chiefs offense is just so explosive and that's kind of a great way to start here at the super bowl. And, uh, 
you know, it's so scary to see how quickly they can score. And it looks like Mahomes is playing like a video game with some of these throws and the runs that he, he makes. Uh, and you kind of wonder, can the Niners keep up with this team? Uh, we've talked about it on this podcast all year. The offense can gain margin. And, you know, in our pool, we were looking for teams that could cover the spread. And the Chiefs were very favorable. And that's because they're explosive. Uh, I know a lot of people like this game to be close, but I like the scenario where the Chiefs just blow the Niners out of the water. And I think it's just because of the speed on the outside. The Titans saw it. They were the slower team and they, they, they definitely shocked them in the first half there. But at the end of the day, speed kills. And that was the big takeaway from the AFC championship game, I thought. Yeah. And not to get too much into our predictions for the Super Bowl, but, you know, this is something that we've seen. The Chiefs offense is explosive. Now, I do want to position this and ask you, uh, because we've been on this train. We, we didn't think the Niners were explosive. Now to touch on their conference championship game, they jumped out to a 27, nothing lead. They're up 27, nothing at halftime. And for an offense that isn't as explosive in the traditional ways, like the chiefs are, they've got an offense that scores points. And that run game is just incredibly dominant. And that's what we saw with the, the Packers game is they took control of the line on both sides of the ball and just shoved it down the Packers throat. So do you think that can continue? Do you think that offense can kind of hang with the Chiefs, not to get into it too much, but spoil our picks? Yeah, well, I think the reason why the spread came out up about around one is because you have the better quarterback with Kansas City and you have the better speed, as I just mentioned, with Kansas City. But the actual players on the field are better on the Niners offensive side. We're talking about the, the, the nitty gritty. The linemen are better in San Francisco. Use check the fullback mixed with Kittle. You have two of the best blocking assets that are skilled players in the league. And then you've got a really deep bench of running backs with uh Moser being the, the last guy to kind of emerge, but you got to like Coleman. Uh, I'll talk about him later with a prop and you got to also like, uh, of course, Matt Breida, who's very fast. So, I mean, this is a deep team. Uh, I don't necessarily love their receivers as we've talked about, but I mean, this offense in San Fran is pretty damn deep and their offensive line is great. So that's why the spread is where it is. And obviously they have a better defense, but I think the chiefs defense is also pretty good. So you put that onto the machine and you get about one point because you do have a better quarterback with Mahomes. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting and we'll save our analysis when we get there. So let's really jump into this. And unfortunately the model couldn't join us today. Uh, he is on a nice vacation. He's hitting the mountains skiing out West in the Colorado Rockies. So we're not going to get any kind of implied odds or anything along those lines, but what we are going to do, we're going to talk some prop bets. We're going to talk some fun things that you might want to gamble on. Now for some of our listeners who may not be as degenerate as us, I just want to explain exactly what a prop bet is. So instead of essentially getting uh, two teams and you pick a side or you're going to bet on the spread of a game, uh, a prop bet is essentially giving you numerous choices. It's like a multiple choice on a quiz. And each different option has certain odds attached to it. Now you can bet that like we're going to do, or you can be in a prop bet pool where you essentially just pick a bunch of these. And the way those are set up, if whoever gets the most right in their pool typically wins a, a fee or a pool winnings, that's based on whatever your entry fee was. So those are the props. Now, Mr. Insider, give us a few words of wisdom from your perspective for us that are going to be gambling with real money on props. Yeah, I think betting on props is this is actually the time of year to do it. The side's su sometimes really tricky, uh, and that's because there's too much action on the side and the over uh, and no value. You see that this week with the over at 54 and a half. People are pounding it. 
I really don't think there's much value in taking the over at this point. So you, and I don't even want to play, you know, anything else, but that over uh, on the total. But so the value isn't really there where the props, there is value. One of these, uh, if you get in early enough, we should let the listeners know we're recording three days from the Super Bowl. So that this is an important discrepancy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes rushing yards is one of those runaway train bets this week. It started at 28 yards. It's all the way up to uh, 31 and a half and counting. So the prop bet is, is he going to go over that in rushing yards? Uh, and the public has pounded that up already three and a half yards. And it looks like it's going to keep climbing. Uh, if you want to get in on that, keep going. But the word of the wise would be don't bet that until kickoff and then bet it at the under where it could get all the way up to 35, 36 yards. And who knows, maybe the Niners kind of contain him this, this week and they, uh, they limit him on the ground. I could see that happening. Uh, they've got a pretty good defensive line. So that's just one to look out for. Uh, you got to know when you're betting them. If you're looking for value, maybe wait to the opening kickoff uh, or close to kickoff, or as soon as you're listening to this, maybe you hop on, uh, maybe there's some value. Uh, the obvious, the runaway bet story this week is the purple Gatorade. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if people have seen the headlines by the time they listen to this, but so this was 12 to one, the Gatorade being dumped on the coach. And so this is a great example of a prop bet. You'll never see this in a regular game, right? Cause there is no Gatorade shower. It's only the Super Bowl, And so Gator purple went from 12 to one long shot. to now it's the favorite minus minus one twenty. Uh, because the inside information is, is that they're going to diet and do it in honor of Kobe. So again, these are, you got to get in at the right time. You don't want to bet purple Gatorade. Now the value has been sucked dry, but that's the kind of stuff you have 12 to one, all the way to being favored in a matter of hours. So that's now, kind of the fun stuff. We should caveat that because there are some listeners who probably listened to our Oscar pod last year. <laughs> so let's Yorgos give them what, what we have been calling the Yorgos bet and give, give the listeners a little background on that one. Yeah, so Yorgos, again, this is all about value with these weird prop bets that you only find on the back end of the internet if you're really searching for them. But Yorgos Lanthimos was the director of The Favor last year, and he was 50 to 1 odds to win Best Director. And then there was an internet rumor that broke out, I think it was Saturday night before the Oscars. Does that sound right? Yeah. It was close to 24 hours, because I remember we were talking that night at like 5 o'clock, and we each locked in. And so we went all the way from 50 to uh, 2 to 1, I believe. Uh, in a matter of hours. So the, that's just where you want to get in on the value. Obviously, he didn't win that bet. So this purple Gatorade, you, you just got to, uh, I think that's what you're alluding to is you got to be careful with these kind of things because you could get caught up in it. Uh, and again, the purple, the value is completely gone. So that's important to note. Yeah. So Gatorade bet. So don't bet it. That's the, that's one you want to avoid. You want to avoid stuff like that. And then the other ones you want to avoid are the kind of needle in a haystack bets, which are like first touchdown, MVP, last touchdown, uh, bookies are going to make money on that, that kind of proposition hand over fist. And you don't want the bookies to make money. Absolutely. Uh, I will say, and this is, this is where the model would come in and say that I'm being an idiot. I do like to treat some of these prop bets basically the way I would treat the, uh, the numbers on a roulette board. I might throw a, a dollar on one, a dollar on a couple just to kind of like put some action out there, but ultimately knowing that I'm probably going to lose the, those bets. So if I'm only throwing like, you know, a dollar here, dollar there, I'm okay with that, but I would not say bet the farm, make a significant unit bet on some of these props. You know what? We didn't even rehearse that. And you just like music to my ears, literally coming out of my mouth. Uh, that <laughs> is perfect. You just summarized how to play the needle in the haystack bets. You should avoid in general, but if you treat it like a roulette wheel and like, let's just say you're saving 200 bucks for blackjack and you're only putting maybe 25 on the roulette wheel and you're just doing the numbers 
exactly like you said, choose a quadrant of numbers or quintet of numbers and pound, or players, I should say, and pound those guys in different types of odds, uh, whether it's over receptions or TD odds, MVP odds, whatever you want, get down on it, but only bet those five or six guys. Cause otherwise you're going to be driving yourself crazy. You're going to end up with a, a laundry list of players. That's even longer than your fantasy football team. And you're just going to just not like where you are. If, if you will, I have a couple suggestions, a couple players to yeah, get down on that. I, I was like going to say, if you want the insiders picks here. Yep. That's exactly what we're here for. We're providing the expertise. So this just is like shouting out numbers at the roulette table. Exactly. Like 10, 10, Emmanuel Sanders, 14, Sammy Watkins, Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> I don't know his number. I think it's like 35. Demarcus Robinson, 11. Yeah, dude, like this is how I feel right now about these ones. But yeah, so Demarcus Robinson, this is one of my favorite ones. 33 to one to score the first touchdown of the game. Love that bet. This guy is as good as any of the receivers on this team. I think I've seen this guy play. He's dominated at times uh, and then he disappears. So that's where the rub is. And they obviously have a bunch of other guys like Hardman and, and Hill, but I think the Niners are going to strategize to take out Hill. And then I can just see them marching on the field with Kelsey. They stop Kelsey. And then all of a sudden Robinson's open in the back of the end zone back corner and Mahomes hits him. I love that. Maybe you want to throw in a little bit of like a dollar bet on him to be the first chief. I think it's like half of that, but 33 to one to be the first touchdown in general. I love those odds. Sammy Watkins, 49 and a half longest reception over 20 yards. Well, let me just be blunt. If Sammy Watkins is going to contribute in this game, it's going to be downfield on a yep. big time play. And the only way that this does not cash the longest reception bet of 20 is if it's a penalty. And that's how he's not contributing. Let's say Watkins final line is, two catches for 29 yards. And then he has the long penalty on the play that he should have had. So that's the caveat there. But man, I love, I mean, he could make this on one catch. He could have the 49 and a half and the longest 20 on one reception. I mean, I, you got to love that. Um, some Niners, Kyle Hughes check, as I mentioned earlier, 12 and a half receiving yards, 550 to score a touchdown at any point in the game. Love that. Uh, what I noticed in the AFC championship game, and this is just for in general for people that are going to look at the board uh, even more because I know the Niners have a couple of skill guys. Uh, backup tight end on Tennessee got wide open multiple times in that AFC Championship game, and uh, check is a guy that they can deploy as a backup tight end or a secondary to Kittle. So you could see Kansas City over pursuing Kittle, and check is the guy who ends up being friggin' wide open for an easy touchdown. Uh, I love that i love him scoring near the goal line he either as, as a fullback or as a backup tight end uh and emmanuel sanders 40 and a half yards this seems mighty low to me this is a former bronco so i might be biased but if the niners are going to win the game and you like san fran this is your best bet this is your best bet the niners will not win this game with emmanuel sanders under 40 yards that is a guarantee it i guarantee it uh and then two more Tevin Coleman, I mentioned him earlier, 16 to one to be the first scorer of the game. I know he's hurt and people are speculating that he won't play. I think he does play and all the running backs should be the favorites. Williams and uh, Mozart are the other, the favorites. And then there's a bunch of receivers in front of Coleman, including Debo Samuel and Sammy Watkins. No, the running backs have the best value and Tevin Coleman should be treated as the co-starter on the Niners. Uh, and then Damian Williams, there's a prop bet three to one to get him at 85 rush yards and a TD during the game. Kind of like that at three to one. Like it. Now I also want <laughs> to throw out my laundry list. <laughs> hey, you know what? This is what we got to do. You throwing out these bets. I want to also mention to the listeners, cause I feel like this is where the model would jump into here. Uh, if you are actually laying money down on some of these bets, 
My general rule of thumb is I'm not betting on anything where there's negative odds. I just don't want to touch those. Even if it's like something so simple as like, uh, well, what, what about, what about Sanders? If it was like minus minus one ten, cause I think that's how they set it up. It's just like a spread. So that's what like, I mean. I, I think like when, picking the side. Yeah. When, I, when it's coming down to like just one or two options, I don't want to touch those. I want to prop bet where I've got like five or six options and plus odds. That's just me. So, so I mean, it's so like, you want the needle, you want the needle in a haystack, but yes, but I want it, as I said, with the roulette wheel in mind where it's basically like I'm playing the lottery. Yeah. Just don't go too crazy. Would be right. One recommendation, pick out six guys and you can even just do it by literally picking out their numbers, like chiefs, 10, you know, Niners, uh, you know, 19 and just go like that and like, just use it as a roulette board. Cause that's the best way to look at it. You don't want to, if you're going to be playing the numbers in roulette, you don't want to be playing more than maybe seven. I don't even know what the true math of it is, but you definitely don't want to load up too much because then you're going to be losing long term. Yeah. Now one book that I'm looking at here has one that's interesting because, uh, it is uh, revolving around Barstool, who's making a big splash down at the the Super Bowl. The uh, the prop bet is will Dave Portnoy get kicked out of the Super Bowl? He's famously been kicked out before a few times. I like this a lot. It says yes at plus four fifty and no at negative eight fifty. Uh, yeah. I mean, history does repeat itself, so I would say you'd have to lean towards the him. And you know that they just got uh, bought out by that book. So there's some sort of shenanigans there, I bet. Yeah. Uh, over, overall, I like the, uh, yeah, he will. I mean, I'll take the, I'll take the yes on that for sure. Yeah. So before we jump and get into some of the more detailed ones, what side we're taking, um, give me, in your opinion, what you think is the biggest storyline here? Because a lot of people are saying this Super Bowl doesn't really have a lot of juice. There's two teams they don't really care about. Give me what you are looking for in this game and tell the listeners why it's something to be interested in. Oh, uh, I think it's the, this is t- 2020, not to sound like I'm the spokesman for the league, but, and you could tweet the league for this cause this will, this will play nicely, but this is the foundation building of uh, potentially the next dynasty in the NFL with the chiefs. Uh, if they win this game, especially if they win the game, how I kind of think they're going to win this game in a blowout fashion, this could be building uh, a very, very strong foundation for them over the next decade. Um, I don't see why that would not happen. This could be like the Warriors of the NBA, and we could be really seeing the next, you know, uh, ge- you know, generation of football here with Mahomes taking over. And you know what? Even if the flip side of that, with the Niners win, I could see this team being dominant as well. This is a team that picked in the top five, as we've talked about on this podcast. What? Three out of four years, they traded for Garoppolo in what looks like a very good deal. And, you know, we'll talk about Jimmy G here when we break down the game, and he's an important part of all this. But that looks like a good trade, and they've just done everything great as an organization. So if they win this, no doubt about it, this could be a springboard for them to be a dynasty. Uh, I'm a little bit more inclined to go with the storyline of the Chiefs being the new kind of regime, just because I think there's a longevity there with Mahomes that I don't totally see with Jimmy G. But I can definitely see... The Niners being the team of the beginning part of this decade, you know, winning another Super Bowl in the next five years if they win again here. So I definitely like that as kind of the biggest storyline of building the new NFL in 2020. I think these are both teams that represent a potential dynasty. Just one is more obvious than the other. I mean, everyone's looking at the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. He won the MVP last year. They're building. That to me is something that is very obvious, but you got it right, man. I think the Niners have a chance here. They've got a really young defense. They've got Jimmy G their coaches, uh, seemingly doing a lot of innovative things, uh, with the run game. 
I think they've got potential. George Kittle's a young guy. So that's uh, that's a really interesting storyline for me, though. The one that I'm interested in is Andy Reid. Now, I shaved my Andy Reid mustache, but I'm still in support here. And he was a rival for a lot of years to me being the coach of the Eagles. But he's been one of those guys that's just been in the league forever. You know, he's gotten a lot of negative hits. He's gotten a lot of uh, bad beats for timeouts, clock management, things like that. Been to a lot of championship games, only one Super Bowl. Uh, this being a second, I, I like to see Andy get a win here. What do you think? Oh, you know, I mean, he's a division rival coach in the chiefs. So I can't necessarily say I'm rooting for the chiefs, but definitely pulling for Andy Reid. He's a hall of famer, as we've talked about. Uh, I mean, his records are just ridiculous. And, uh, I think he deserves it. He's waited long enough for this moment. And I can definitely see him on the Super Bowl stage at the end of the game for sure. That'd be great. It'd be great. So I want to just go back to something that you mentioned, cause this is a prop that we've got, and, and then we're going to talk about here. You think this could be a blowout game, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's, uh, you know, my kind of forecasting of the next dynasty is really predicated on two of my favorite prop bets here. Uh, and that I've already actually laid down on both of these. So I'm really excited about both. Cause I think in my head, if the Niners win, I feel like they're just going to run it all over the chiefs and the chiefs are just going to be staring blank, kind of like Lamar Jackson was a couple weeks ago with Tennessee. And so that's why I love plus three fifty Niners minus 10. I, if they win, I feel like the Niners kick their ass and run it up and down the field. They, they bludgeon Mahomes like, uh, the Broncos bludgeon, uh, Cam Newton, uh, years ago. And they really get after him, a lot of turnovers, and they just blow the door off of this thing. And then on the flip side of that, which this is what I think is actually going to happen, is Kansas City is going to run amok with their speedy receivers, Watkins, Hill, Robinson, Hardman, and Kelsey. I could see them each gaining 50 yards receiving in this game, and they win this game by more than 14, and that's why I've laid it at 450. Uh, I love that bet. You can throw down a little bit of you know $10, you win potentially 45. That's what I did. That's what I'm going to be rooting for is a, is a blowout. Uh, I think everybody and their mother, every the generic storyline of this game, if I can run it by you, let me know if I miss anything on this generic. This is the generic misconception, prediction, whatever you want to call it. Let's do it. For. All right, so this is the misconception that most people are thinking. They're thinking Niners in a close game. I'm going to think Chiefs in a blowout. I will hedge and bet the Niners minus 10 of that value because I think it's really good, and I think if they do win, as I said, I think they're going to crush them. Debo Samuel, I mentioned him earlier. Everyone thinks he's going to get a touchdown or he'll be the MVP of this game. No way. Uh, San Fran is explosive. They have a lot of good players. Kittle, Mozart. Uh, I actually like Sanders, as I mentioned, and uh, he's going to chew up a lot of those receiving yards. There's no way Samuel is going to be the MVP of this game. There's just not a chance. Uh, Two-point conversion. I'm going to fade this uh, and say there's not going to be one, no overtime. Like all these things that people keep saying, it's not going to be as close as people think. I keep hearing people are betting the two-point conversion, yes, and the overtime, yes. I don't think so. I'm going to fade both of those. People keep saying Mahomes is going to throw a pick. He's been accurate all postseason. Why would San Francisco all of a sudden turn him into a, a turnover machine? They didn't even – I mean, they they limited Cousins and, and Rodgers, but it's not like they made them look both terrible, right? Yeah. I, I mean, they, well, they made, for half they made, they made, they made uh, Rogers. They, they made they made their offenses look terrible. They didn't make the QBs turn it over terribly. Yeah. I don't That's know. The, I just think that there's my, my handicap of this game. We'll get into it with best bets, but ge- generally, I'm just thinking that the AFC is better than the NFC. Uh, I just think the misconception is that the Niners it's going to be a close game and they're going to win. They're going to run the ball, and the Chiefs are not going to be able to run the ball. I think the Chiefs will run the ball, and I think that's going to kind of be the key to them winning this game and potentially winning in the blowout fashion. I don't like. This other storyline too, Debo Samuel. People keep picking Nick Bosa to win the MVP. 
no rookie is winning MVP. That's like yeah. Little Women winning at the Not Oscars happening. next Sunday night. That's 100 <laughs> to 1. So if you think Little Women and Nick Bosa are going to win, go ahead and burn your money. I just like – those are just like long shot bets that just are not <laughs> not based in reality. And this is my favorite fate. And and you and Aaron have know this uh, long time uh, t- talking and listening football. I can't get rid of this guy, Richard Sherman, one of my arch time arch enemies, arch enemies here on the podcast. Everyone keeps saying he's going to get a pick or he might be an MVP dark horse. No, no. This is why I think the Chiefs are going to blow them out. I don't think Sherman can match the speed with Hill. Yeah, the like speed mismatch. Who the speed like mismatch is bad. Richard Sherman or Tyreek Hill? Yeah. I keep thinking it, that in my head. Every time I close my eyes and I think about this game, I just think of like the announcer being like, well, Sherman just has no answer for Hill. And it's like, well, we should have all known that ahead of time. So well, the, there you the go. I'm thinking ahead me, of time. The thing to me with Sherman is they'd be insane to match him up man to man with any of those receivers. And I know Sherman's been chirping people on the, on Twitter that he's uh, only a zone corner, but he's, they're playing to his strengths and he's not going to be able to keep up with these guys. He's just not, we saw Devonte Adams run by him, but I think the, the way the Niners have their defense set up is they play a lot of zone. They, they mess with the quarterbacks in terms of what they're reading and they're relying on their front four to get the pressure. That changes things. So I completely agree with you that if it's coming to come down to speed, Sherman's going to get fucking burnt. But I think the Niners have done enough this year to figure out how to be creative with their defense and kind of cover up some of their blemishes by having that really intense front four. But to me, I don't think there's any more storylines. But I do find it interesting that you're jumping all over the the blowout here, given the spread being, you know, one and a half, one in a lot of places. That's some value. And I really four to, like what four to one there. is really good value Four to one on the chiefs in a blowout is really good value. And I was just talking at the top of the podcast, how some of these props, the value dries up as the week goes on. I see that there's value on both sides of blowout. Uh, it hasn't done any movement whatsoever. They both been generally the number that I got it at. So I think that market is soft. Everyone keeps thinking it's going to be a low game. And I just, I, you know what? I think Kansas city, if they can limit San Francisco's run offense, right? They limited Henry to 70 yards. If they take away that rush offense and Kansas City's run defense is not as bad as people have hyped it up as, uh, I think if they limit it at all, if, if San Francisco, let's just say they're at 100 yards total as a team rushing in this game, that four to one bet probably is going to hit because that means San Francisco's offense is not scoring many points and that potentially they're under 20. And uh, we know Kansas City's going over 24. So. Yeah, you know, in my head, I'm thinking maybe 27 to 13, something like that is the final. I don't know. And I do want to put uh, this out there for the listeners. Both teams won by double digits in the conference championship. The Chiefs won by 11 and the, the Niners won by 17. So keep These that in your mind. Teams. That's yep. a good call, too. The Niners have blown out teams all year as well. I mean, this is I like the Niners half of this just as much as I like the Chiefs. I think in my head when I close my eyes, my gut is that it's a Chiefs route. But. I'm going to put a little hedge on there with the Niners too. I'm going to play both sides and hope that one of the teams blows the other team out. I actually really like that. So run us through a few other ones that you, uh, that you think that are, are going to be fun. And then let's get to the ones that we want to discuss yeah. the ones that we've got some oh, value yeah. on. Yeah. The, there's a correlation in this one in the, my, what I just said about the Niners and the chiefs blowing each other out. And this is one of my old favorite ones. This is one you can get uh, for the Super Bowl, and it's always a fun one. Will there be a team that scores uh, three unanswered times in the game? And you have to drink the juice on this. It's usually, you know, put, you know, 100 in to win 50. This year it's uh, one, minus 180. So you play 100. You put 100 in, you win uh, 
what is it 20 bucks back yeah Yeah. 80 bucks back yeah yeah so uh i like that and uh, i really like the three unanswered times this usually hits if you look back at the previous super bowls this hits more times than it doesn't i think it's 13 out of the last 18 years um even if it's not a blowout i could still see i mean i mean what are the odds if San Fran is up 10, nothing. The Chiefs scored three times in a row that we saw that happen already this postseason. So I, I like both of these teams uh, to score pretty quickly. Um, yeah. So that's a solid bet. It correlates first scoring play of the game. This is another fade. The public opinion keeps talking about how good the chiefs are through the air and how good the Niners are through the ground. Chiefs rush touchdown eight to one. Look that one. That's great value. In my opinion, I can see Damian Williams in the end zone with the game's first touchdown. Uh, for the first, uh, yeah, first touchdown of the game. Uh, Chiefs first penalty. Have you seen this one? This yeah, it's great. This is a <laughs> this is a penalty laden team, and they're offering penalty bets on them. I love it. Uh, definitely take the Chiefs in that second half. More points in the first half. Yes, please, and thank you more. Uh, that's minus one forty five. So you got to drink that's, a little juice there. That's free money, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, how many times have we seen that happen? That's just like the unanswered time. And then these are just two other ones that play pretty much to these bets, these blowout bets that I've made that I'd recommend to the listener to place. But, I mean, a lot of people aren't thinking like me. But if you are thinking like me, if you've been convinced, the largest lead of the game, 14 and a half over, you uh, get a little value on that plus 110. So I kind of love that. And uh, nine or sack total, two and a half. If you like San Fran in a blowout, they're not getting to the blowout without sacking Mahomes three times. If you think San Francisco is going to win this game and you think they're going to have under two and a half sacks, you don't know anything about football and you can stop listening to the podcast because that is as clear as day, uh, a correlation right there. If you think San Frank can beat these guys, it's they're going over the sack total end of discussion. I mean, so, even if that's a close game, that's going to go over. Yeah. I mean, they have to put heat on him. Again, I think I said this about one of the large uh, reception bets. The only way this doesn't go over is if late in the game, maybe they get the third sack and it's a roughing the passer. But I'm going to bet the over. Uh, I don't particularly love San Fran even in this spot. But I think if they do win the game in a blowout fashion, like I've said, they are going to hit Mahomes. They're going to hit him often. They'll probably get him down three times. The guy is not the incredible Hulk. He can be brought down. You know, I've seen him get sacked before. I like that. I'm in with you on a lot of those. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm throwing a lot out, but I've done the research and now it's like, I'm just, no, you know, I'm just hey. shooting off into the sky like a rocket ship. We are here to provide bets for the listeners and that's what we're doing. So we've got a few here that we want to discuss some chunk time on, uh, some big <laughs> ones that we've highlighted. Uh, I think you've got some really good ones here. So let's start with the first one that you've got lined up here which is the first half total points under 27 and a half. Yeah. Uh, so as the week has progressed, I almost like that second half more than the first, even though there's a little juice on it. So I almost recommend that more to the listener, but under 27 and a half is a great bet. If you just want to play the half just straight up, which is an easy way to bet. Uh, and I think it's a little bit more palpable to the people that are listening. Maybe it's really, a, you know, straightforward thing. You want the point total to be under 27 and a half. By halftime. Um, and the reason behind this is Chiefs are slow starters. How many times have we seen this? I think there's been too much made up about how good they are in the second quarter. I could easily see this team having only 10 points at halftime and the game being maybe 10, 10, 13, 10. And that's still under. And that's good enough for me. Big lights for the first time for a lot of these players. We just spoke about it in the big storyline about how the Chiefs uh, could be building a foundation as a dynasty. But these, these, this is not a dynasty yet, you know, so 
these guys are not the Patriots, neither are the Niners. So they're going to be conservative. I think they're going to see more drops. We've seen drops from the Chiefs. Penalties, we just we just went over the penalty thing. I could see it being sloppy, real sloppy in the first quarter. Maybe first quarter under is another even bet uh, that you could look at. And trick plays come out more in the second half. We'll get to that in another uh, prop bet here. But I think teams are more desperate to score when it's later in the game. So yeah. under 27 and a half. That first quarter bet, too, I just kind of spoke myself into. I think there's opportunity there for sure. I'm all on board with this one. The only thing, and you touched on it, that I was going to throw out as a potential caution is the second quarters. We've seen them come out and be electric in the second quarter. I'm not, but- af- I'm not afraid of that. I think it's been so over overhyped. It, you know, this is a team that has fallen behind. What if they're just, what if it's three, nothing them after the first quarter? They're not going to be as hyped as they were in that Texans game to score points, you know? Yeah. And it's, again, if you like the Niners, they're not going to be, if they're going to think that they can shoot it out with the Chiefs, I think they're going to be sorely mistaken. I mean, if the Niners win 34 31, I'll eat crow. Uh, I just don't see that. I think if you like the Niners, they're going to limit the Chiefs early in this game for sure. Yeah. And to me, the point that I like even more with this pick is uh, the the conservative starts. It's happened in Super Bowls time and time again. I think you're really going to see it this year when you've got, like you said, a lot of first time guys being in the Super Bowl. You got both the quarterbacks first time. A lot of these star players, Kelsey Kittle, first time being here. So to me, the guys with the with the ball on offense are going to be a little bit tight. And I think you're going to see, like you said, drops conservative play calling. And I agree with the trick plays. You know, the biggest, most famous one that we've seen, I think in recent memory was the onside kick from the saints to start the second half. That's in the second half. So I like that. I am on the under train here. Uh, I wonder what that first quarter is. Cause I definitely would like the under in the first quarter, but I'm on board with the first half under 27 and a half. So the next one here, this is a game changer to me. And what we're going to do here is George Kittle number of receptions is set at five and a half. What do you like here? Oh, I like the over five and a half. I think is so low. Um, you have to drink the juice a little bit, obviously with minus one sixty. but Casey is, as I mentioned earlier, they've allowed tight ends to burn through them this year. Uh, some people might pound the under for value and thinking that Tyron Matthew will get his way. He's kind of the biggest name in that Kansas city secondary slash defense. I don't think that. I don't think Matthew is a guy who can shut down Kittle. I think he will have impact plays in this game, but it won't be shutting out Kittle, especially with the receptions. This is an offense that needs to get him the ball, and they're going to feed it to him. Uh, he's the most important player. He's kind of the engine of the offense. Um, and if you like them to win, I'll keep banging this bell. They're not going to win this game without George Kittle. Uh, he's going to have to crush this prop if San Fran has a chance, even if they're if any situation, if they're up early or if they're down and have to come back, Kittle will get catches. If they're up, he'll get catches. Uh, he could have this in the bag by halftime, I really think. Um, so I definitely recommend that to the listeners over five and a half, even though you have to drink the juice a little bit. It's, now, it's definitely valuable there. The conference championship game for the Niners was an outlier of all outliers when it comes to the passing game. But are you concerned at all that nope. Kittle only had one catch? <laughs> yeah. See, see, these are, as you can say, there's like a common theme with my bets. It's just always fading the generic thought. And if people are thinking NFC championship game and thinking under, I'm going the opposite way. They're going to have to play catch up in this game. I just, there's not like, I don't know if this is a profit, but like, will the Niners trail Kansas city you know, more than twice in the game or, or maybe one and a half. 
I would bet yes. So they're going to be trailing in this game. And whenever they are, they're going to have to throw. And whenever they do, they're going to have to go to Kittle. So to me, it's like, it's so blatant uh, that they're going to be behind in this game at least once or twice. Even if you like San Fran, I think you have to admit that. I'm with you there as well. I think they're going to have to rely on the running game first to set up the play action. And I think that's where you're going to get it. Kittle's his, his safety valve. Let's be honest. He's going to look to Kittle. I think I'm with you there. I like that over uh, the yards. I think I like over 70 and a half as well. I'm not sure if I'm touching that one, uh, but I like Kittle. I in like this the game. yards too. I, I, you know, these are two teams. We talked about it during the, uh, maybe it was before even the championship week, but the tight ends are such an advantage. So it's no surprise we're even getting these two teams. It's their yard. You know, it's, it's funny because fantasy football is like, we, we know this from being in fantasy. These two guys are a lot better than the other tight ends out there. And if you have them on your real in your fantasy team or your real team, they're an advantage. So you just have to treat Kittle like that. He's an advantage that most players don't or most teams don't have. So I'll be excited to watch him play on Sunday too. I really am a big fan of his game and like the over five and a half catches. Yep. I'm with you here. All right. Give us the next one because I think this one is fascinating. Oh yeah. So I've actually heard this be argued the other way a lot this week, but I'm going to go with over two and a half players uh, attempting a pass in the game. And this is the only prop bet out there that I know of where you can get more than half of it for completely free. Cause you're going to have two passes automatically. Uh, so basically the bet is, will somebody else attempt a pass other than Patrick Mahomes or Jimmy Garoppolo? I think this is a great bet because of the value there. You only have to get one more passer. Let's interrogate who can pass the ball. Uh, to get us to three passers in Super Bowl 54. There are both backup quarterbacks, that's two, who can literally come in at any play due to an injury. There's both punters. Colquitt has attempted a punt this season. Uh, they can throw pass. on four. Yeah, a pass. What did I say? Punt. <laughs> punt. Oh, yeah, he, he completed a punt, of course. He's a punter. Uh, no, yeah, so Colquitt has completed a pass, uh, converting for a fourth down. Um, four teams have actually done this in the past two seasons, believe it or not. So that's a little fascinating, interesting stat there. Hunters throwing the ball is a trend. Uh, both tight ends, Kittle and Kelsey, uh, they don't really have much passing history, but I feel like they can be used in a trick play at any given moment by offensive-minded coaches Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. We saw Trey Burton throw the ball for Philadelphia, two Super Bowls again. Why can't George Kittle get a ball? He's run, he's run before, right? It's not that outlandish to think if he gets a, a snap as a back, why can't he throw the ball like Derrick Henry did a few weeks ago? Uh, so that's six players there, and that's before we even factor in both Sarah, Brita, Williams, McCoy, running backs, throwing the football for a TD. We could see that happening. And then, of course, there's receivers. Uh, I've already mentioned my love for Emmanuel Sanders. He threw a touchdown for the Broncos last season against the Cardinals. Dante Pettis on the Niners, although he's their fourth guy, he's also thrown the football before in his career. Uh, the only counter to this is that the Chiefs are never going to pass with another person other than Mahomes. So thinking that their punter is going to throw the ball is kind of uh, avoided argument. And I'm willing to see to that point, there is logic that the chiefs will never attempt a pass with a guy who's not Patrick Mahomes in the super bowl. Um, but I think Andy Reid has also been saving a trick player too. So I'm I think you got my- two. Yeah. You got two great points there in that if the chiefs are throwing the ball, it's going to be Mahomes. But even if you assume that you still have got the Niners and you said it too. Those are two offensive minded coaches. I would not be shocked if Shanahan's got some kind of trick play up his sleeve, especially because you can't forget that Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons when they were down 28, three, you gotta think, or they're up 28, three, you gotta think he's got something in his little back pocket 
for a quick play, trick play touchdown. So I like the odds that you're getting there. Like you said, you got two free. So it really comes down to is anyone else attempting a pass? I like it. I like it. I may not throw down with you here on this one, but you've got the odds. You certainly made a good argument on that one. I also like you're getting the plus 120, which is yeah. important. A lot of these ones I've been feeding our listeners have been bad value. This one is good value. And again, there's been arguments made for the under. And the main one is, is that Mahomes is so good that he will not let anybody else throw. The other one I keep hearing is, is that, oh, you know, the receivers haven't attempted a pass all year on either team. I think that's a load of crock. You know, if they haven't passed the ball, that means that they're just saving it for when they need it. As you've mentioned several times in this pod, and as our listeners know, the both championship games are blowouts. Why would the Niners have thrown the football with Kendrick Bourne in that game? If they're down four points in the Super Bowl, maybe George Kittle does attempt to pass or Matt Breda. Who knows? I mean, they have so many skill guys. Who knows what they're saving in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, two-point conversions are good for this, too. I mean, that counts. If there's a two-point conversion play where somebody throws the ball, uh, that counts uh, so I don't know. I, I like how it's built in. You get the two automatically, and then you're really just rooting for one. Um, I like the over. Yeah. Okay. So the next one here is continuing your trend of fades. So this one is going to be who's going to have the most completions, and you are on Jimmy G's side here at plus two seventy. What are you thinking? Terrific value here. Almost as good as his odds to win the MVP, and he could do this while Mahomes still wins the MVP. If you think about my narrative of the game, it's the Chiefs blowout. So, uh, you know, you're almost getting basically with this bet, Jimmy G's the Super Bowl MVP, uh, the same odds. But I like him because he'll be trailing, in my opinion, of the game. And so he's going to have to attempt a lot of passes that he did not have to pass against the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, if he throws the ball, let's just say 35 times conservatively in this game, he'll have over 20 completions, I think. And Mahomes might be under that. So I like him over 19 and a half completions, but I also like him to beat Mahomes. Mahomes is a big chunk passer too, uh, which means he could get 10 completions and net 200 yards and two touchdowns. We've seen that happen a lot. Um, there's just value here. Not sure why Matt, uh, Mahomes is such a massive favorite. It has to just be because the public money is on him. And this just looks like a genuine sucker bet. This isn't touchdown or yardage. It's just completions. Now, you got some balls for putting this one down because he just threw eight passes in the conference championship game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you know, I think the game flow is going to favor KC and Jimmy G is just going to have to keep uh, up with Mahomes and throwing the ball. I also think uh, you're going to see if there is a, a side bet to this, uh, I'm sure there is out there. And we, you know, if the listeners can find it on their own, I'd recommend it. Maybe like over completions in the first quarter for Jimmy G. If it's like four and a half, do that. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is going to script this, uh, I guarantee, first drive of the game, two or three quick passes where he gets just feeling it quickly, whether it's a swing pass out to uh, Samuel or Sanders or a check down play to, to Kittle or use check. He's going to get Jimmy G comfortable. He'll get him throwing. And so I think, honestly, Jimmy G might have 10 completions by half by the end of the first quarter. I think there's a lot of Jimmy G bets. I don't necessarily love him. That's why I'm kind of picking the Chiefs in this game. But I do like him as a prop guy. First throw is a completion. That's a prop. His number of total completions, as I mentioned, and then the more passing uh, yards and more completions in Mahomes. I like all that kind of stuff. I just think the game, they're going to be trailing. Uh, it's a bold one, I know, but that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling bold. Feeling bold. The next one is also a little bold. I don't know. So this is going to be uh, – it's definitely – a niche this one. This is where we're going to lose our list. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? So this is 
The total yards on the first rushing attempt, you've picked Patrick Mahomes under 11 and a half yards. Uh, I want to ask you what you think of this because we have actually, we have not talked about it. What, what's your opinion of this? Is it so, niche or is, is this just about right? No, this is right. We're doing props. We're digging in here. We're in the weeds. Every time we get in the weeds and make picks in this podcast, it's some of my favorite picks and conversations. So we're fucking talking about this one. This, now, this is in the weeds. I, that's why I love it the most. I'm glad that you. <laughs> You're, exactly. You're feeding in. You're feeding into my uh, my addiction here. So you think one. Mahomes is just going to pick up a few yards here? Not going to scramble for a first down. This is the first rushing attempt of the game. So really, I mean, oh. could be, you know, any, any sort of situation here uh, in the first run. I mean, th- this could be a play where he only gets two yards because it's basically a sack. It's one of those where he eludes a guy and then maybe they tackle him forward for a gain of a yard or a two. It could be him running for a first down that's only seven yards and then he goes out of bounds uh, or it could just be him again one yard first down run I don't know why they'd run him up the gut because he got hurt doing that yeah. but I mean overall there's a lot of situations in this game where Patrick Mahomes' first rushing attempt is going to be under uh, 11 and a half yards you know there's the slide there's out of bounds and then there's the San Francisco defense I like all those to you you got to use it as like your advantage. Like how would he go down under 11 and a half yards? And that's how I'm looking at it. It's like, there's just a lot of variables that kind of work in my favor in this one. Yep. I hear you. I actually like that a lot. Um, he's not going to scramble for a huge chunk of yards. So I, I guess I'm with you. We're getting in the weeds here. Uh, I think it's going to get good. It's worth noting, as I, as I think I said earlier, is the public has pounded this his total rush yards up from whatever twenty eight to thirty one and a half. So there's a lot of expectation this guy's going to run wild, and when the expectation's one thing, I'm going to go the opposite way for sure. Yeah, no, I hear that. We're, this is a, a common theme theme with your picks this week is fading the public. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, I was um, going to say. Originally, I thought the passing attempt one was my best bet, but I think that what I just outlined is my favorite. It's so niche, I know, but it's I just I, I can't wait for the first time he scrambles out of the pocket. If Bosa just grabs his ankle and he falls down for just one yard, I'm going to go crazy. I'm like, Woo! <laughs> That's the best part about these props is that you're rooting for just bizarre, random scenarios. And at any point in the game, 100%. you could have some action on something. Yeah. So exactly. those are our props. That's what I like this too is you don't know when it will happen. It could happen at any moment. Oh yeah. That's the best part. So we've covered our props that we like. Remember folks, if you're out there, you're playing these props, take our advice with a grain of salt, treat it like a roulette wheel, and then maybe pound a few that you really like. Uh, that's our strategies. So it's time now for us to look at our playoff standings. Let's look back at our picks here because this is it Coulter. We got one game left and then we're in the off season. So we're going to go back the standings going into the conference championship. You Coulter had the lead with two correct points. Now I want the listeners to know we added a challenge factor, meaning that you could directly challenge somebody. If you got it right, you got a bonus. If you got it wrong, you got negative. You had two points. I was in second with one point and Mr. Model Aaron was pulling up the rear with zero points. So quite a postseason we are hot with our picks. You, my friend, your first pick here, your non-key pick was Tennessee plus seven with a challenge. So that is incorrect. That's a negative one. Your next pick was Green Bay, San Francisco under 46. That was also a loss. So you go 
0-2 with a challenge. That means you're negative one. That puts you to a standing grand total of one point. Now, Aaron, the model, coming up in the rear, he picks Green Bay plus seven and a half for another hard L. And he made his key pick, Kansas City minus seven and a challenge. So he gets two points there. Good job by Mr. Model. He is sitting at two points. And for myself, the man, I had my non-key pick as Kansas City and Tennessee over 53. That was Lock City for a winner. And guess what? The return of key pick, Cazalet. I picked the 49ers minus seven and a half with a challenge. So I get both the right plus a challenge bonus. I get three points. That propels me up to first place. So the standings in first place, me, the man, Ryan, with four, the model, Aaron, with two, and Mr. Coulter pulling up the rear with one. Just like the regular season. Yeah. Uh, You know, the the podcast is where I went cold this year, I guess. I I was warm in the pool, but I was cold in the podcast. I don't know what else there is to say. Uh, I apologize to the listeners. Giving out bad bets left and right. Hey, you've got one game left. Okay, so let's jump into this. We've got to make our picks. So I will let you take it away with your first non-key pick. I think we're back in the territory where people might should fade me. (laughs) <laughs> it's been this postseason. I, I I started out well, and I was on Tennessee, which I was proud of. But other than that, I didn't really get much right. Uh, all right, let's see. Pick number one here, under fifty-four and a half. And you know, not to beat the old drum here, but this is the public is pounding the over. I just don't see it. This isn't my favorite bet, uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do a classic fade here. I think you got good defensive players that people are overlooking: Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, and the Chiefs. You got Bosa Buckner. Uh, Alexander, you got a lot of good guys on the uh, Niners. Uh, Sherman, I won't disrespect him. You know, I don't like him, but he's a good player. Uh, you have the league's best scoring defense versus the eighth best defense in adjusted rating. Jimmy G, uh, as we mentioned, he's limited. That could limit the Niners, uh, and they could keep it on the ground and totally limit him. I could be way wrong about that completion, but what if it's just it's rinse and repeat with the Packers and they're running it 40 times? It could happen. Uh, so if that happens, this game will go under, I think, if they're running it that much. And then you're a Giants fan. Pass rushers uh, being the best defensive players in this game reminds me a lot like the Pats Giants two Super Bowls where you could say that the best part of the Patriots team was their D-line. Best part of the Giants team was their D-line. We know what happens when the pass rush comes through. My Broncos did the pass rush to Cam Newton in the Super Bowl. There's so many famous examples of that. So when I see uh, great pass rushers like this, I know the offensive lines are pretty stout and the quarterbacks are good. I mean, the homes could be otherworldly at times. Uh, I still like the under because I do like the uh, kind of push that these, these D lines are going to get. Yeah. Think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the under here, the, the over is screaming for the public. It's just, it's one of those things. They're like dangling that carrot in front of us. You've got two high-scoring offenses, at least what they showed last week. You've got dominant defenses on can, on uh, the Niners. You're going to see, I think, some points in bulk. You're going to see some quick points, which is why everybody wants to be on the over. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret here, Coulter. In my head, I had the over, but 
I am not going to take it. I'm not falling for that trap. I am with you here. My first non-key pick is going to be the under 54 and a half. I am with you on that one. I just think there's a lot of scenarios here that you're going to see come into play. We've talked about a few of them. You're going to get conservative play to start the game. You're going to get some nerves, maybe some drops in the first quarter. It's going to be a slow start, but you're also getting that Niners front four, that pass rush. I think the Chiefs defense has shown up a little bit more than people would have expected. Spagnuolo is a pretty good coordinator. He's been in the Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl with my New York Giants. I think he's going to get creative with what they're going to do up front. And you're just not going to see the points that people are expecting. So I'm with you. I am taking the under. So it is time for the model. Now, the model called in his picks and. His first key pick or non-key pick, I should say. He is also on board with the under 54 and a half. Is that a good sign for the listeners, Coulter? I think so. You guys, I think when we're all in the same boat, we do a lot better. Uh, when I float out my weird theories and go too far out, that's sometimes where I get in trouble. So, <laughs> and I think fading in this, in this case is the real the real, the real good bet because I think it plays up to this blowout thing that I keep hyping up to. Even if the game is forty-one to ten, if it's as dominant as the Chiefs blowing them out like that, that still goes under. Even if the Kansas City Chiefs go to forty, um, and quite frankly, I think there's going to be a point in this game if it is at thirty to ten. Let's say I think the Niners will start looking around and realize Jimmy G can't do what Mahomes did two weeks ago to Houston. Uh, I just don't see it being that kind of a game. I I think it leans itself much more to big lead and then the Niners trying to come back and, and not succeeding. Uh, if, if it's the chiefs that are coming from behind, yeah, there'll be points that are being scored and that can make this kind of a perilous thing, but I don't, don't see the game flow going that way. I think it'll be 10, 10, seven, maybe 13, seven at halftime. And it just, I think it'll just continue to be low scoring from there. Yeah. I, I, I can't tell if this is going to be like a back and forth close game or, the blowout. We've talked about the blowout earlier, that prop bet. I can really see a blowout here. I don't know if I'm going to see 41-10, but like you said, that still hits the under. So there is a lot of uh, margin here for points. Yeah, I was going to say, gun to my head, I don't think that that's going to be the score. Uh, you know, I'd pick it more like 31-17, something like that. But, uh, you know, I guess my point being is that if the Niners can't keep up, there's going to be a point in this game where they're just going to be exacerbated. And once they reach that point, I think it, it really uh, lends itself favorably to under betters. If there's a point where the, there's a team that realizes they can't win the game, that's, you know, I saw with the Carolina game uh, when the Broncos played them, there was just a point where they realized we're, we're not scoring here. And that was like for under betters. I'm sure they were just having the best day of their lives that day. Oh yeah. I, the Rams so is the same way. We, we just saw it last year with the Rams, too. Yep. Same thing. There was a moment in that game in the second half where they realized, man, we're not scoring, are we? Yeah. Uh, so. And this continues the trend. We're going to fade. I think this is another fade here of the public's opinion. And you know who picked the over last year in the Super Bowl? Me. So I'm not getting burned again by it. I know we've got two offenses that have the ability to score. But even if you look at a score of like 27 to 24, you're still getting the under. I mean, 30, 24, you're still getting the under there. So you got a lot of options for this. Uh, there's going to be points scored, but still have an option for the under. It's important, too, that the offense of one of these teams is really historically great, San Fran, but they're built through the run. So it's like that really plays favorably. You know, as I mentioned, if they hand the ball off 40 times and it's like a replication of that Packers game, 
You know, that game went over because Green Bay backdoored a couple TDs, not because anything that, you know, San Francisco limited the clock and they, they, they ran that game out. And that's If they're going to win this game, they're going to do the same thing here. So yep, I like it. I but I don't think they're going to. Not to give it away, but I don't think they are going to win the game. I think it's going to be Kansas City. I've well, circled around it. I like I like it. Go ahead, sir. Jump in. Is this your key pick? <laughs> yeah, better quarterback, better offense. Said it at the beginning of the pod. The speed is insane. Williams, Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, Hardman. Uh, I think one of the takeaways from this game after it's over is going to be that we all overlooked Damian Williams. I think this guy's a pretty good running back, uh, and he's kind of a secret weapon here. He can catch the ball really well. And he just adds another dimension. I mean, they have Hardman and Hill speed, and they have a running back who's that fast with Kelsey. And then you just add in Watkins as just like a little cherry on top. I just love this offense. Uh, slow starting Chiefs have still covered here in the playoffs, um, even if they jump out to it. What happens if they jump out to a 7 or 10 lead? What happens then? You know, they've covered the spread in two games where they've been beaten early on. Um, so I'm not really afraid of this bet in any given situation. Whereas the Niners, if you take that side, there are going to be moments where you're kind of scared. Uh, and I just kind of referenced one earlier, if they're 30 to 10, they might be dead in the water. So can't say that about the Niners. And I also hinted at this earlier in the pod. This is one of my best parts of the handicap here, AFC versus NFC. The chiefs avoided Pats and, and Ravens this postseason, So it's a wobbly argument, but let's not forget the Niners two weakish NFC North teams, Vikings and Packers offenses were incredibly dull. They're not going to get that with Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare. There's a major scheduling advantage for the chiefs on this one. I didn't think the Seahawks were all that great either. And the Rams were one of the most underwhelming teams this year. So all the arguments of the Niners came out of the best division in football. Yeah. On paper, I agree, but in theory, you know, I watched the games. There's something about, the Niners did not have a tough, that tough of a schedule, uh, at least in my opinion. All right. You are on record for having the Chiefs minus one and a half as your key pick. So I'm going to read you the model. His key pick is uh, in the opposite agreement with Coulter. He's on the Chiefs minus one and a half as well. Uh, I tried to ask him if he could uh, expand on it, but uh, all he did was send me back a picture of him in a chairlift with the snow with his mother. It's a gorgeous picture. I'm very jealous he's hitting the mountain. So I don't have his analysis, but he's on board and on record here. Chiefs minus one and a half. Can I fill in the, the speech bubble for him? Go for it. We're both Bronco fans, so we're emotionally hedging by taking the Chiefs here. It's the that, thing that makes the most most sense about this weekend to me is to root for the Kansas City, and when the Niners win, I'll be happy that Kansas City doesn't have a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I think that's you, the only uh, thing I, I can get greedy with. You know, I'm thinking about my own personal greed. It's just like that that uh, parlay I had, uh, being greedy, and I'm going to be greedy again. I don't want to see the Chiefs win, so emotional hedge. Pick the I, Chiefs and help Bears. I think that is uh, affecting your pick here, but now it's time for me to announce my pick. Now we got to return a key pick casually last week. I got on board with the 49ers and why did I do that? Because the 49ers have been burning me all fucking season. Now, when I first looked at this line, when it came out about 10 days ago, I was like, huh, this seems like one of those trick lines. I, I thought the chiefs should have been like a three and a half point favorite. It felt a little fishy to me. I That's watched. Why I take, like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think a lot of people like it. And I initially liked it as well. You laid out a bunch of scenarios why I could see this being a blowout where the Chiefs just jump out to a lead and the Niners cannot catch up. Having said that, I have got to ride the Niners in this game. 
One and a half represents Uh-oh. absolutely zero value unless you think the Niners are going to win this game outright. And I think they're going to win this game outright. I just something about their offensive game plans where they can just dominate the game on the rushing attack speaks to me. And I don't think that the Chiefs defense is going to have enough answers for the run game. When you dominate the line of scrimmage, we were talking about it earlier. What did the Giants do? What have all these teams historically done in the playoffs? They dominate the line of scrimmage. The Niners are doing that offensively and defensively. Am I nervous that the Chiefs are a quick strike offense and can put up points in buckets? Absolutely. However, like I said, I still think the Niners are going to get creative on defense. They shut down teams that I thought were going to beat the Niners in the playoffs, let alone just you know showing up and being a better team than they are. I thought the Niners were not going to make it. I doubted the Niners all fucking season. And the only thing that I'm nervous about here, Coulter, is that it just doesn't feel right to me that the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl a year after being 4-12 and with the second pick in the draft. But I think I got to do it. I think I'm taking the Niners plus one and a half. Call I would crazy. say, yeah, I would say don't let that be a reason you don't do that. I would definitely um, jump in. If, the, if, if your one fear is that they pick number two in the draft, that's nonsensical. That's like the guy who was talking to you about the NBA finals last year and said, oh, Nick Nurse can't possibly win the finals. He's a new coach. What the hell is that logic? You know, there's no there's no rhyme or reason to sports just because they played, uh, you know, bad last year without a quarterback. They had that kind of year from hell without Garoppolo. Uh, that doesn't mean anything. In fact, I think it more inspires them and shows that they've come this far and it bonds the team, uh, which are all positive things. So I would not let yourself get hampered by where they drafted last year. I don't think that's important at all. Okay. Well, I like it. I'm on board. Now, what this means is I'm officially challenging both you and Aaron, and you guys are both challenging me. That's going to have major impacts I, in the I standings. Appreciate, I appreciate you doing that and giving me a sliver of hope to somehow slip back into this thing. And that just makes me like the Chiefs or want to root for the Chiefs now even more. I'm glad that yeah. we did this. Because yeah. now, yes. it's, now it's really all on the line with the Chiefs. Yep. You guys are alive here. So uh, it opens the door for some competition. I'm hoping that key pick Casale ends the season on a high note and gets his key pick again. Uh, we'll see though. Coulter, any final parting thoughts here for the Super Bowl? Um, I think that's pretty good. I think we hit on a lot of these prop bets that I wanted to go over um, and not to be redundant. A lot of these were the just classic, just fade the logic of you know, what other people are thinking like that Garoppolo one might be a little bit too far out there, but three to one odds almost that he's going to out uh, throw or out completion. I think was that that was the, the prop bet, like that kind of thing I love. And uh, so I'm just excited to get on those kind of things. Those are, those are fun ones for sure. Yep. I love the Super Bowl. It's one of my favorite days of the year. It's also one of the saddest days because as soon as the clock hits zero, it's over. And your team yeah. doesn't win. That's the season. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, to go back to your earlier question, when you asked, you know, what's the big storyline of the game, I think it'll be good for the NFL to have that storyline of here's the next dynasty coming out of it, because there is kind of that lull of what what do we do now? So uh, a big Kansas City win, I think, plays well into that, like, you know, here's the new era of, of football. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, what I will say though, this is a rare year because normally we've got just a lull of nothing until March madness, but we have got the Oscars one <laughs> week after the super bowl this year, my friend. 
Great teaser. Hopefully I haven't chased away people and I'm really, really pumped for the Oscar one. I think that was the most fun I've had still uh, on the podcast is, and uh, we've had a great year. You know, I had a great yep. year with the pool, but uh, the Oscar pod last year was just unreal. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we might be lacking great, uh, storylines in terms of the market, but, uh, you know what? We'll have fun with it regardless. I think there's still stuff we can talk about. So I'm absolutely very for the Oscar We're gonna- show next week. We're going to get the model back on. He's going to give us some odds. He's going to talk some math with us. And then we're going to provide all of the color commentary about the best movies and who we think is going to win. So really looking forward to that. We're going to drop that next week uh, in advance of the Oscars. Coulter, this is a fun episode. To all the listeners, enjoy the Super Bowl, the last game of the year. And we will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.